You are welcome to another exciting episode of CADA Matters. CADA Matters is an awareness-raising programme of CADA. CADA is an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse, a UK-based charity working to prevent and end domestic abuse, especially in Christian homes. Listen to this episode with Gracilis so as to build healthy relationships and keep your home and relationships abuse-free. So welcome everybody, this is Kada Matas and it's another evening, so Thursday evening and we do try to keep the time and I think I've forgotten to do something which I'm going to do now which is wearing my glasses so I can actually see people and see what's happening, yes, yes, better, I can see better now. So yes, we are all welcome, it's another evening, we have Pamela Buta, she's going to tell us about herself, so I don't want to kill the joy or you know, spoil the introduction. Uh, she's joining us tonight just as we continue our series and you know one of the things we hear is prevention is better than kill and because we want to prevent abuse i mean for a long time now we've been talking about several abuse scenarios and all of that but sometimes when you talk about the negatives you also need to talk about the positives as in how do people actually keep their home like some people say affair free keep your home abuse free and that's why we decided to call pamela to join us and she's going to be doing that soon. Uh, for those of us who were here last week, I believe last week was when we rounded up a discussion that we were doing before. If you were not around, you could go check. And I believe that's when we completed our talk on stalking. Uh, and lots of the main points are actually there in little, little highlight videos. So for those who are joining us for the first time, those who are going to watch later, this is Kada Matters. And CADA means uh, Church Against Domestic Abuse. CADA matters is a sort of awareness raising program. And in this program, what we do is discuss matters that relate to domestic abuse, especially as it concerns people of the faith. So be prepared that whenever you're listening here, you're going to get faith based perspective. So I'll just leave Pamela at this point to introduce herself to us, if that's okay with her. Okay, okay. It's nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your program. And um, as you know, my name is Pamela. I am a family life practitioner. I am a marriage mentor. It All it means is we work with families, married people to try and craft a new way, a new system of, of, um, of their family, new system to help them live together as a family. And so that's what it's all about. And I am particularly interested in the area of intimacy. And I mix it up with a bit of food because I am a foodie. So I help family bond with, bond with food as well. So, But I talk about intimacy in the home as well. I help I educate young married people, zero to five years, on to understand what intimacy is and how it can help their relationship. Because everybody thinks that oh, once you're married, intimacy sets in. No, it doesn't. And so that is the educational aspect of it and how you can assess your relationship and see if really you have intimacy with your spouse and how you can work on getting it. Because with intimacy, you are going to go a long way. Even if you have quarrels or crack here and there, if you are intimate with each other, if you are close, intimacy is all about closeness and connection. If you are close, you'll be able to walk through it because Anything in life, any good thing in life means needs you to be intentional and work for it. So a good marriage is possible, but you have to do the work, daily work, just as the way you do daily work to take care of yourself, run your business, 
leave your do take care of your family you must work on your relationship okay i don't know if your husband told you this and for those of you who don't know um Pamela happens to be the wife of one of my classmates from secondary school, high school. So I put this up on the group. I don't know if your husband told you this and said, um, Mrs. Ebota, uh, Samuel's wife is going to be, you know, she's going to be with us this week and all that. She's an intimacy coach. I don't think Samuel saw this because the next day people are like, hmm, intimacy coach. Samuel is the only one enjoying this intimacy. He has not told us that. <laughs> Someone said that's why he doesn't answer us on this platform because he's doing things in the other room, you know. And it just went on and on and on. And I, I just thought to myself, I'm like, see, you guys are missing the whole bit there. It's that's not. I'm sure that's not the only intimacy thing she does. Exactly. I'm, you can I'm get it that wrong. That it also has to do with food. She also mixes it with food because I think food is a serious thing in a family. It has a way of bonding people together. Yeah. And they say if you a hungry man, you wait your man's stomach is through the food. At least that's what that's what that's what we've heard. All <laughs> though sometimes we are seeing that that doesn't work in some cases. Though, but they say it's the way. To yeah, it can be disputed. What about people that don't eat? There are men that don't like eat food. So what do you do? What do you do to them? So well, what we're going to? Well, I think we're going to start today from from where you've talked about. You've talked about. You said something about relationships being intentional and being intentional about your relationship. And, and then I, I just begin to wonder because I mean all of through this week, funny enough, even on our our school platform throughout today, they've been discussing this love enough. Um, divorce and all that as in basis between love, understanding. So say you need love. Someone says you don't need love, you need understanding. Is there actually, when it comes to relationships, abuse and things, you know, most people start out on love. Is there really a point, I mean, considering all the work you've been doing and people you've been relating with as a family practitioner, do you think that there is a point where some things actually tip the relationship and then turn the relationship to an abusive relationship? Or is it that abuse has always remained present and has not been detected? Well, what do you think? Thank you, Sam, for joining so <laughs> so the thing is the starting point for most people is love and what is love love is not a feeling because there are going to be this oh that feeling is not there it's not a butterfly feeling to me in my own definition love is a decision you take that regardless i know this person i have decided that i want to be with this person regardless of any other thing i want to spend my life with this person i want to grow something with this person Whatever your why is as a couple, you have taken that decision to go with that person. That is a starting point. In HR, they say, employ for some traits. Then you can train the person. You can develop later. And so it is in marriage. You enter with that love, with a compatibility feeling, or with a common ground that, okay, let's try out. Let's start off. So it depends on how strong your starting point is. Then you go into this relationship. Then gradually, another thing is sometimes people don't give full disclosure. Sometimes they pretend because they like this person, they just want to capture the person. And so they just go head on. People don't ask questions sometimes in during courtship. I take premarital classes as well. So we do a lot of talking and training and people discover so many things. One or two occasions, some people will be like, you know what, I don't want to get married again or let's wait a bit because of some things they are discovering. Mm -hmm. So we start off with love or a feeling of likeness or a feeling of oh, we are compatible, we can do something, then we have to build on that. Okay. Then that building on that is where we now start 
doing intimacy. And what is intimacy? It's intimacy. If you don't want me to see you, then we cannot do intimacy. If you are hiding, because intimacy has to do with vulnerability, connection, closeness, openness. So if we cannot do that with each other as a family, as a couple to be, what are we doing with each other? So my, I, from what I have come to see is that we rush into things. We are not thinking things true. We just want, oh, it's the next thing to do. Let's do it. Let's do it. Because if you slow down and think, when you are having a career, um, you are thinking about your career or you're thinking about your business, you give deep thoughts about it and plan. You even have a business plan. So what plan do you have for your marriage? You are, this is, has to do with yourself, your body. So what plans do you have for you as a person? Because whatever success you have in every other place, if you don't have a, a solid person or place to have that fun enjoyment with, what is there? So if you define yourself and you say, we've entered a relationship with a, a strong why, a why that is bigger than both of us, is not a selfish why where we are coming together. If you've defined that, both of you have defined that, and you agree that, okay, let's want what I want. Let's work together. If at some point I don't want what you want, I might not be selfish. I will say, okay, let's do yours and we move together because we have a plan that we are going on a journey together. Marriage is like a journey. So if we go on that journey and in that journey before you go, check the person you are going with so that on that journey, is this person grouchy? Are there things that you are not telling me right now? So during courtship, you are supposed to hear all these things, see all these things that are not being said, hear what has not been said, in between, because I say that the way we have been raised, our nurturing shows up in our relationship every day. So how were you raised? How, your, how was your partner raised? What kind of environment? See that the discussions, you might not just go directly and say, oh, so uh, your mother, your father, it might be conversations you have around you that tells you about is he close? Is she or, uh, he or she close to the family? Are they is he friendly? Is he receptive to people? Is he saying, no, I don't want anybody. It's me, me and you only. We don't want anybody around. And all those things would determine, would give you a, like an opening into what kind of attachment. We talk about attachment, how people are raised, your primary caregiver, what kind of love. Did they show constant love to you while growing up? If you are exposed to constant love and care, you would give that to another person. So that is where how you were nurtured comes out into your relationship. But if love and comfort or love was withheld from you, you don't know when you will see love. Love might come down, love will go. And so it was erratic. So you have insecure attachments. And so because that's what you are used to, then you get to a point where you really don't care about any other person. You're like, I need to take care of myself. So if you have that person as a partner, there are days that person will not open up to you because yes, oh yes, I really like you. I love you. I want to go on this journey of marriage together. But there are some things from my childhood that is still showing up today telling me that I didn't get enough love. I might expose myself to this person and he or she will withdraw and then I'm exposed. I have to protect myself. And so it's like a stone wall. So these are things that come up. So growing up, what kind of uh, environment did this person grow up in? Even if you say, oh, I am not my father, I am not my mother, whatever happens, happened, they are filed up away somewhere in your brain. So are there triggers? What are your triggers? So the person might not know all of this. So, but if something happens and comes up as a trigger, the person might have been loving. Maybe the person did not go for therapy. 
you know, we don't go for therapy this side of the world that often, but we are trying to change that. That if you have an issue, sit with a therapist. Let's talk about it because in therapy session, what we do is talk, ask you questions. By yourself, you would see and arrive at a conclusion at where it went wrong. So if you go through therapy and it and you were helped, like somebody helped, they spoke, they helped you, and you there's a solution for you. And so when there are triggers, you might know how to hold yourself back. But when there are like you so if your spouse triggers you by words or by behavior that affected maybe the way you were raised, something that it brings memories and you just react before you realize that, oh, I am sorry, I shouldn't have done that. So these are ways they show up. Sometimes it's not as if they want to be abusive, but because of the way they were raised, things that happened around them, now kind of, that's why we say when things happen, do not let it define you. Find a way to step out of it. Yes, you've had some experiences, but it shouldn't define you that, oh, you were raised in an abusive environment, so you now continue the cycle. Why should you continue that cycle of being abusive? So, but sometimes it is, it comes up later, then some don't disclose that this is how they are and who they are. So during courtship, when you are talking, you might not discover 100%. Yeah, people can pretend, but open your eyes and see. But if you miss that point, then if there are issues that you have noticed that one or two times, oh, he has tried to raise his hand or he has raised his hand or he or she has done something because women abuse as well. Something has been done, emotional abuse, physical abuse. Is it possible when the person is okay, let's have a conversation? If we can have a conversation, we can start off from there. When having a conversation, you see that it's too heavy. Then we can say, okay, maybe we need a third party, which is a professional. Do not go in head on and say, I can deal with it. No, because maybe sometimes continuous talking can affect he or she. So if you have the start of the conversation and you notice that really something is wrong, then you need to now get to the point of how can I talk to him to say or her to say, we need a third party to help us out here because we have a reason why we are together. We are in love. So our love will be bigger than the good of us. So if we want to stay together and really want to make this work, then we will need a therapist to come in to help us. Okay. Thank you for what you said. And um, you, you said a lot, really. Uh, part of the things you've said is, um, you know, we, we, you've actually answered the second question I had, which was talking about if love is enough for marriage. You said it's not just enough to love someone. You also need to, you need to check. I mean, there's no tree. No tree grows by itself. There are things in the environment that causes it to be possible for a tree to grow. So this person you are ter terribly in love with has got some things that has influenced them over the years, the background. We can't exclude totally one's background, one's family, and it's important to be able to know those things because those are some of the things that will determine the, the pattern of behavior. And as we see these patterns, we should learn to address these issues, even if it means getting help from um, a third party. You've also said um, watching out for things where you're, you're watching out, you're speaking to this person. I remember coming across a post where someone said um, his girlfriend fried five eggs and was very angry and he slapped her. It was all over Twitter then. And he slapped her for fried five eggs. And what kind of waste is that? And she just basically was reporting her. And she just, after he slapped her, she turned the eggs into the bin and she took her bag and left, which I think is the ideal thing to do. I said, I'm not here to come and get beaten. You have yeah, a problem with that. Talk about it. 
you know why the person was raised sorry so and of course you always on that kind yeah, of so, story you have people say yes what kind of that what kind of this is that and what kind of that so are there some so we have people supporting and you know debating but i mean at, at any point in time for goodness sake i don't think that's a relationship that should proceed without serious intervention because someone can slap you for five eggs being fried you know i remember someone even said please fry the whole crate it is cold it is winter <laughs> this is not a time to be breaking a relationship but and there's some things, you know, you've said now that, um, you know, people sometimes don't intentionally do this. Sometimes people pretend we don't really see things. But are there some red flags that one should, you know, should be as it were, early potential warning signs of an abusive partner with your patterns in the home? And, and what can couples do to nip this also in the board? You, you didn't see this in courtship at all. You did not see anything like this in courtship. And it starts to happen. What can a couple do to, to nip it at the board? Okay. Thank you. Let me backtrack a bit about the frying of eggs. Some people, they live life with, they were raised in scarcity. But some were raised in saying there is abundance. So what happened in my, one of our classes, in our premarital class, this lady was raised in an environment of abundance. The, because it's a deliberate thing. Even when you don't have money, you can still raise your children with a mindset of abundance. So the mother will cook and the meat in the pot, they were chunky size. The boy was raised by a single parent. And so the meats were tiny, tiny pieces just so there was something to chew. And so they got married. Then, they, they, the wife will cook and he's like, excuse me, are we having a party? What is all this? How come the meats, they're all big size like this? And she's like, I'm sorry. This is what I am used to. Because in my class, I teach how to bond with food, how families bond with food in premarital class. And so I ask them, go learn your uh, uh, fiance's um, family food history or family food story. When we were growing up, was there, like, how were they raised? How did they celebrate food and all that? So sometimes an eye-opener for some people. And so she said that she had to tell him that my mother raised us with this side of meat. And this is what I'm used to. And that's what she's exposed to. And you, you are exposed to tiny, tiny. Right now, he might not be in that position of not having, but his mindset had been made that food, meat should not be big, except you're having occasions. And so it is that, so I'm sure that was what happened with that person with the five, five eggs and he just couldn't fathom it. It's not as if actually the person is bad, but it's his worldview. It is his perception. It is what he has been exposed to by his handlers, by his nurturers. <clears throat> and in the same way, characters are formed and built by what we have been exposed to by our handlers and our environment. And so like I said before, you might have been exposed to, as a male or female, in an abusive environment, you were exposed to abuse and all that. And so, like you say, oh, a, a woman or a man, whatever, there are some labeling, some things they say, you cannot do this, you cannot do that. So during courtship, courtship is the time, it's okay, you have said, will you marry me? And you have accepted. And so that courtship time is actually when you're supposed to like, watch, hear and see red flags yes like you said some people maybe they didn't see it 
it's always the first time. And so the first time it happens, maybe it's a, a word like, you don't talk to me like that. And you're like, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. Then you like try to analyze the situation because sometimes when you ask, why are you talking to me like that? It can result to something else. So basically, it doesn't give, sometimes it doesn't give warning. But if it shows up, why are you talking to me like that? Or your hand is up, or you're like saying some abusive things because it could be emotional abuse as well. And you're like, you're trying to understand this person. And so you, you try to take your time and really, like, I want to understand what is going on here. Am I hearing? Am I seeing very well? You try to see. So when they are saying, you can have the conversation. Because if you didn't show up during courtship or you didn't see, because sometimes really you can't say 100% it didn't show up. So that is why we need to say, what do you do during courtship? Are you having a conversation? Have conversation. Put yourself in some weird situations that would elicit some emotion and some eruptions and all that. Juggle this person so that you will know for sure if this person is just playing safe or is it normal or not normal so that some real personality can show up. So, but you are in it already, just watch out for the signs. If the person is uh, raising voices, saying, you don't talk to me like that, you don't do this, you don't do that, like you don't, you don't, you don't, it's like, I'm like the lion or lioness of the pride of this family and all that. So those are things you should watch out for. So if you see or hear that, do not match up. One person has to step down and try to say, okay, this is a new one. You have to take it in and understand how did we get to this point of this person saying this or doing this. So when they start saying some things, like it's not the time to say, I'm going to match you up word for word. Yes, sometimes you want to match up, but you never know who you are dealing with. So you step back and try to see what exactly has happened here. So when they are normalized, you're like, have a conversation. And it's always good to know whoever you're getting married to, their family story. You're not going to judge him by that. But what it gives you opportunity to, is like a window view of how this person was raised. So you are not hard on the person. So you don't know what advantages or disadvantages this person has been exposed to, where he or she is coming from. And so when you know the story of how they were raised, primary caregivers, the love, and everything, there are some people, they were raised with hug and kisses. Some, they were not. So all those love that were withdrawn from them growing up, they can't give it. And so these are the things that affect people because of the way they have been nurtured. Yeah, uh, primary caregivers. Okay, so um, thank you for what you said um, this evening. You, you've talked, you've said, one of the things you've said actually is that um, when this abuse comes up, if there's a matter you're concerned about, try to talk about it. I'm not saying then and then, but make sure you talk about it. Don't sweep it under the carpet because I think that's part of the issues. We sweep it under the carpet. Yeah, don't sweep it. Don't it. sweep it. End of the day, it's it goes on and on and on. Uh, a big shout out to everyone who has joined. Thank you, beautiful mind, for joining. And a shout out to our secondary school friends who have joined. Thank you, Benny. Thank you, Yobosa, for joining. Um, I think that will bring me to my next question, and I will just add it to the second one, just because we are running out of time. 
uh, one of your videos I was listening to because you know we're looking at a home that has now turned abusive or a home that things are not going well and one of the videos I was listening to at the beginning of the year you talked about resetting the button of your relationship and I know that at this second half of the year, a lot of people have gone into, oh, it's the second half of the year, let's go back to our goals and let's do all of that. So is, is there something that people can do to reset the button of their relationship? And how can, I mean, this is what you do, how can couples develop intimacy that will prevent, you know, abuse from thriving in their homes? Because it, it seems to me like every home, abuse actually comes knocking on the door you know, if you give it a little way to enter, if you are light, if you dance okay. and dance and hair. So how can people, you know, develop the kind of intimacy that will cause abuse not to thrive for their homes? Because I'm sure that's what a lot of people who are listening now and those who will listen later will be trying to find out because I said it's an intimacy coach that is coming. <laughs> okay. So, you know, like I said before, that we, we are so serious and hung uh, as into driving goals for different aspects of our lives. And we just think the marriage will work itself. So just like you set goals at the beginning of the year and you now evaluated it, second half of the year, sit with your spouse. Let's evaluate ourselves. Let's have a conversation. It is important because the only way I can pass a message across to you and you pass to me is through communication verbal and non-verbal and so it is second half of the year as we are making plans again and resetting and say ah, how did we do how didn't we do can we analyze our relationship let's talk about our relationship where are we then when normally in my house once a while we do what we call family meeting in the family meeting whatever you say cannot be used against you even the children everybody sit down and say okay talk about daddy talk about mommy and first of all, they'll say, are you sure you're going to not use this thing against me? Like, no, go ahead. And so have a family meeting. If you have children, let everybody sit down and assess you. As You know, we are three, three in one, just like the Holy Spirit. We are a, a human being of uh, being someone's child. We are a wife or husband. Then we are father or mother. So we have three roles that one person is playing. So your children will analyze you as a mother and your husband as a wife or you husband, you children. So you understand me. So can we have this conversation? If there are no children, both of you have an open heart conversation. Be sincere. If you know you can be brutal with each other in an understandable way, if you need to pass the message across, say it as it is. And you now ask yourself, for what we want to achieve in this relationship, for where we are going, what do we need to do going forward? Then you say this, that, that, that is what you want to do. Now, sometimes when we are having this conversation, I'll say, ah, you said that again. Oh, yeah, let me go and get my book. I might write it down. I say, you said this on so and so dates. Just do it the way you know both of you would understand. And so that going forward, those changes can come in because that is the way you make your career grow. That is the way you make your business grow. That is the same way you're going to make your marriage grow. Marriage is not going to grow because I said I do. It doesn't mean we have intimacy. If I am not open, into me see, see my connection, see my closeness, see my openness, see my vulnerability. I'm open and naked physically and mentally in front of you. 
I'm, I am telling you, this is me. I love you. And I want to go with you all the way. No holds back. Because if I'm not doing that, why am I with you? My friend says, oh, my husband paid for a full package. I'll give him full package. So if you got married with the intention of taking the full package of this person in front of you and giving of yourself to the other person, can you please be willing to release the full package? I know life happens. I know things happen. It is now at this time we are sitting down talking. We need to analyze and say these things that are coming in between, are they important? Set boundaries. Because sometimes... We fall in between some lines and fall into trouble. Are there friends we need to separate from so that we can enjoy our journey together? Are there friends we need to get? Are there people we need to put in, the, in this circle of us so that we can move forward? Do we need mentors? Do we need people around us to help us? Or the people with us, are they helping or not helping us? Then you work on that intimacy. Be open with each other as much as possible. And don't get to the point where your spouse is open and has said some things that took them some heartfelt thing that's okay, let me tell you about this, this is about my past, about me, so that we can connect more. Then you use it against him or her. That is wrong. Totally wrong. If you cannot take it, can you say, I love you. I can't take whatever it is you're going to tell me, but I'm going to love you for who you are. So don't tell me about it, so I don't use it against you. Or whenever you are ready, be open and say, I want to hear. Because that's the only way. Intimacy is not about sex only. Intimacy is just one aspect of, uh, sex is just one aspect of intimacy. There's spiritual intimacy, the spirituality of your relationship. What do you believe in? How do you agree together on that spiritual tone of your home? Physical intimacy, do you play? Do you, can you just laugh and say sweet nothing and play and relax and enjoy yourself as a family? Or can you sit down and gist and talk about mundane to special to wonderful things? These are areas where you get close here. There are some people, they are married and their husbands don't tell them anything. Their husband will go and, or their wives will take a decision, go and talk to someone outside and say, hey, this person said. So rare there, you don't have intellectual intimacy because your wife or your husband doesn't think you can take whatever he or she is saying. So these are areas you will analyze yourself and say, in spiritual intimacy, how are we doing? What is the spiritual undertone of this home? Sexual intimacy, how are we doing? What is our sexual undertone? In physical intimacy, are we playing? Are we laughing enough? Do we have emotional intimacy? Can we share things? Are we bonding? So these are ways you open up yourself. If you're not ready for your spouse to know you and be connected to you, then you're not ready for intimacy. Intimacy, the short version is into me, see. See my connection. See my openness. See my vulnerability. I want you to love me. And I want to love you. And I want us to come together. So if you are really interested in intimacy, be willing to talk about everything. Don't say I'm a man of few words. I'm a woman of few words. If you cannot communicate with your spouse, what are we doing? So we must be able to come talk about it. Negotiations take place on the table when we converse with each other. So body language, speaking, whatever, it's all about intentionality. You want a beautiful marriage, you work on it. You want a lovely meal, you cook. You go to the market and get the best of ingredients. And so that is how it is with marriage. You bring the best of yourself to the table. Bring the best yourself, of yourself. The other person brings the best of his or herself. And you come together and make a wonderful future for both of you. 
Well, I'm taking down notes in case you're wondering why am I bending down. I'm also taking down my own notes. But what's happened? That's what I'm doing. I'm typing and taking down uh, um, notes. Thank you so very much, Pamela. You, you've said a lot today. You've talked about the fact that intimacy, you know, just like I was sharing with you how, you know, on the class group, you're like, oh, Samuel is enjoying in the other room. No wonder he's not talking to us and all of that. It's not just about the physical one you said that there's a need for intellectual intimacy there's a need for physical intimacy there's a need for you know just the emotional 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 and cry you know with each other you know together people do some things as in your wife is bereaved her friend just died and you're expecting something to happen in the other room that's not building emotional intimacy or her brother is in the hospital they rushed his child she, she, her emotion, she's not going to be able to cooperate with it. And then you want to pause it, perhaps saying that the Bible says you should not deny. You know, at that point, I'm sure several things. That's why sometimes we say something. These this cracks come. And I mean, Pamela has shown us today that there are several things we can do. And I think the main point about this all is the fact that these things will not just happen by mere wish. Right, so. It's going to no. happen. And I like the part that she said about family meetings. There are a lot of families that are beginning to practice that. Where once your children are old enough, let everybody sit down and say, you say, say what you think mommy and daddy are doing, they are not doing, and all that. Because it solves, it, it solves, it, it helps the children from not feeling that, you know, like someone was saying to me recently that his son said, how come daddy has two pieces of meat and we all have one piece of meat? You know, and we don't. You know, those are things you can never ask in Nigeria. How come you are eating two pieces of meat? Who even, that's if you well, they ask it now. Children are asking it now. Yeah. They are daring. <laughs> they are the millennials. So, so we have to be intentional. You know, one of the things we yeah. said in the program is that um, abuse is not just that quarrel you have with your spouse. It's not just your spouse was angry or your spouse decided not to bring money and you think that's financial abuse. It has to be repeated um, behavior. And, and Pamela has told us today that the, the, once, once couples be, be both of them really two people deciding to be intentional about their relationship i know there's something else she said she said also that while we're analyzing our relationship are there some people that should leave are there some people we should bring in are there some people because at the end of the day it is both of you in the relationship that would matter it is two of you and if the two of you can't see that you are a priority every other person is as it were, spectators, they will leave. Even if it's the children, they will leave at one point or the other. And then if we work on these things, yeah. you know, I'm sure that we would, we would, um, we'll get, we'll keep abuse out of our relationships. Pamela has um, YouTube videos. You can check for her on the YouTube. I think every Wednesday she comes up with something. I've listened to several of her videos and that's why I asked her to come. She comes up with things mostly based on trying to get people to develop the kind of intimacy that they desire in their homes like she said it takes a lot to be vulnerable to someone so don't just look at other people's minds and think oh they really love each other it's beyond love she told us that there's there is a need for hard work so pamela before we leave today because i'm conscious of the time is there anything you know i know you have lots to say i know if we give you one hour we'll continue here but what would be your <laughs> final words to someone who would come and say okay let me see what, what did the intimacy coach say again what, what would be your final words to someone who is trying to keep abuse away from their home and, you know, perhaps reset their intimacy button in their homes. Be mindful of your relationship. Be mindful of your communication pattern. Why I'm saying be mindful is I need you to take it in so that if there's an abuse already going on, you are able to trace 
and connect the dots where it is coming from if you didn't see it before then. And if you see it as a reoccurring pattern, that means it's definitely an abuse that is wearing its head. And so do not match up with him or her when it starts. So look for a way. Get someone that he or she um, reports to or that this, that this person you can talk to that he respects, he or she respects, and go have a conversation if you cannot have a conversation with your spouse. But if you can have a conversation with your spouse when the, is there's calmness, you can ask, is there anything I do? Because there are triggers. Some people, these things are things that they have passed through growing up, and so some things have, some things have gone somewhere. And so there are some things you say or the way you behave that might serve as a trigger. Not all the time, but sometimes there are some triggers. And so you need to be able to help because we're in this together already. So can we talk to ourselves and see how we can do? Because sometimes you say, you are the one that makes me mad. You are the one. So what did I do? What did I say? How did it happen? And so, but beyond that, if it continues, you need a therapist. You need someone to talk to him for him to be able to understand that. It's not sometimes you finish doing the abuse and all that. You start crying and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. So that means, you know, something is wrong. And so at that point, we need to see a therapist, but be mindful watch carefully and see where it goes wrong what the triggers are you the trigger or something else or environment whatever it is watch carefully so that you will not continue to fall into it and you need to see a therapist for yourself or for both of you if it becomes too much i believe in separation for a while let everybody's mind and eyes clear and see the damage that is happening so that we can agree do we want to forge ahead or not because they didn't say marry and die we are for a greater cause so whatever that cause it must we have to be alive to achieve that cause so if it's becoming too much and he or she is not willing to see a therapist or solution seek for a solution can we stay apart so that we need to stay apart and see into the relationship and see the damage that is happening to me and you and the relationship that we are building and so be intentional about what it is that you want to build and build it clearly with all your hearts. And by the way, if you click on my link in my bio, you can get my free assessment form on intimacy. Intimacy assessment form is there. For anyone that wants to assess his or her relationship with the spouse is free, then I have my ebook as well. Although that you have to pay, it's just a token of a thousand naira ebook on intimacy and marriage. But the assessment is free if you want it. The link is on my bio. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, for those of us listening and those who would listen later, there is something you could get by visiting Pamela's own um, Instagram page. If you check her bio, you should be able to find that assessment um, assessment too. So you could sit down and, you know, look at it. And, and you may just be wondering, how do I start this conversation with my spouse? You could start by playing this video. Just in the middle of everything oh let's let just watch something i came across today and you know you play it and then hopefully by god's grace um, discussions will flow so thank you so much tonight we've come to an end of yet another interesting um episode an abuse free home it is possible you have to be intentional about it and pamela is just um, okay i can see that's Sammy. <laughs> very funny pamela has just said something that we always say here seek help don't be silent. This is not this is not the time to it, don't shrug in shame. Don't allow the enemy tell you that you are the only one. Seek help. There's nothing as good as seeking help and seek help early. Don't wait till it's you know everything is 
damaged, you know, before. I, I we don't want anybody to die in any relationship. Seek yeah. help. Seek help. Help early. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Um, this is Kada Matters. Kada is an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse. Here, we believe that God hates abuse. There's no excuse for abuse. And the church says no to domestic abuse. Next week, we're going to be here again. And we're starting a new series. We are looking at elder abuse. It's another form of domestic abuse that some of us perhaps might not be conversant with and we need to. It's going to be an eye-opener so that we can protect the vulnerable in our society. I want to say a big thank you once again to Pamela Agota, uh, the intimacy coach. Thank you for coming along. We look forward to having some more conversations with you. And thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone from the GT platform for joining. We shall continue. The funny thing is that when it's time to discuss, you see them, they will type and type, and then the men, they show up. You know what all the things the men said today? They said, Grace, uh, whatever we write here is our intellectual rights. And I'm like, okay. So, okay, don't say that. <laughs> so, so these men, they talk. Let, let's not, they talk. They, they talk when it's time to talk, and they actually do talk. So don't think so. Your husband's talk, your wife's talk, they talk sometimes. and. And, and that's where, you know, the intimacy builds. Sometimes if you build friendship with even those friends they've known from the past, you get to discover more about them and see the things that affect yeah. them so much tonight. Everyone for joining us. We do hope to see you next week. It is bye for now from Gracilis and the team at Kadamatas. Thank, Thank you so much. You. We are great. You're welcome. Okay, bye for now. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed and learnt from today's session. Till we come your way again, remember, God hates abuse. There is no excuse for abuse. The church, which is you and I, say no to domestic abuse.